now. Back to Sports 56 Mornings. Isn't it a lovely morning? On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 805 The Time, hour number two here on Sports 56 Mornings, the Monday, February 5th, 2024 edition. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Currently 41 degrees, sunshine. We're looking at a mostly sunny day with a high of 57. A few clouds tonight with a low near 36 degrees. Second hour of the program is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers, they are your family's jeweler. And every Monday and Friday, they bring you the Memphis sports fact. Did you know the Tigers shooting just 37.5% from the field in Saturday's win over Wichita State? That's their second lowest shooting percentage of the season. It was their first win shooting 37.5% or lower since beating the Houston Cougars back on February 22nd of 2018. And twenty, James Gaddis Jewelers. Valentine's Day is just what nine days away. Are you kidding me? A little over a week. So, if you're looking for that special something for that special someone, make sure you head on over to James Gaddis Jewelers. Great time to propose if you're looking for that engagement ring. You need to make sure James Gaddis is one of the jewelers you check out. Largest selection of diamonds and styles to choose from. Diamond bands, gold and silver jewelry. Diamonds are the ultimate symbol for eternal love. Jewelry and diamonds are always the best way to express love. So whether it's diamonds or any other fine gemstones, any type of jewelry from watches to pendants to necklaces to bracelets, it is all about James Gaddis Jewelers. 4,900 Poplar between Mendenhall and St. Nick and on the web at GaddisJewelers.com. Reggie texts in, says the problem with this team is the point guard. JQ is okay, but not close to a Kendrick Davis. He may be a better shooter at best. Nobody respects his playmaking assist ability. We need a true point guard. JQ is a shooting guard. Take his floater away and his three-point shots not dropping. He's done. I think he's a pretty good guard. I, I think there's something to say about that. Davis was just a, a different level. His Not that JQ is not a competitor because he is. I've had a chance to talk to him a couple of times. But, man, Davis was built from a different cloth. And I'll tell you a guy they really miss who was at the game. DeAndre Williams back in Memphis to watch his team, his former team play. Boy, they could use a, a guy like him. But Memphis, as far as – did you get a chance to take a look at the um, conferences as far as the rankings? Memphis is looked at – not Memphis, excuse me. The American Conference is looked at as probably multi-bid, but we're only looking at like a two-bid league. So it certainly drops well below the power conferences, the Big East – probably behind the Mountain West as well. It's certainly not, I don't believe, a one-bid league. We'll see how it all shapes up. Right now, it's pretty congested at the top of that conference. So, you know, to Mike's comments that he made, probably a little better than we thought, but that's because a lot of them are beaten up on each other. And it is not a trend because it's happened for the last few years in college basketball, especially with the transfer portal equaling out things to a certain extent. You have teams capable any night, especially teams that are at uh, on the road, or, or excuse me, at home. That um, 
you know, certainly are getting challenges from road teams, but certainly going on the road has been very, very, very tough in this conference to win games. And Memphis now has to go on the road for five of their final nine regular season games. I mean, the Memphis and Florida Atlantic haven't dominated the conference the way people thought they would. Does that mean those other teams are better than we thought, or does that mean that Memphis and Florida Atlantic aren't as good as people thought? I think, that, it, I think it's a combination. That, that's the question because in the non, I, it's not like these teams are beating up, beating anybody good in the non-conference. Like you can go down these lists of teams that are beating the, those other those teams in the conference outside of Memphis and Florida Atlantic. Look at their non-conference. There's not a whole lot to talk about there. Yeah, we we talk about road teams as we look at the SEC from the weekend. Again, how hard it is to win on the road in the conference. But over the weekend, we saw Auburn going to the Pavilion, beat Ole Miss ninety-one to seventy-seven. We saw Tennessee go to Rupp, beat Kentucky 103-92. We saw South Carolina go to Georgia and win 72-62. So certainly it's it's there for the taking if you can put together that type of performance on the road. And Auburn right now has played incredibly well. I don't think there's anybody playing better than Alabama in the conference. They crushed Mississippi State 99-67 at home. But the Ole Miss game um, featured... <laughs> The Johnny Brew Morgan Freeman run-in. How, how about Morgan Freeman making his rounds here of late? I'm at the game Friday. Grizzlies and uh, the Golden State Warriors. There's the voice of God on the baseline in the front row. You turn around, you know he's gone to a lot of Ole Miss games over his career. He's at the Ole Miss game at the Pavilion against Auburn on Saturday. And Johnny Broom, who was a heck of a player for Auburn. Janai. Did I say Johnny? Janai. He was he inbounding the ball right in front of Morgan. Is that what it was, or was there a play? No, he, and like he got, saved it. Okay, he saved it, so he kind of got into the space, personal space of Morgan. Morgan was just trying to hold him up, or and he kind of throws off his arm, like, "What are you doing here?" And it was he turned around and realized it was Morgan Freeman. And then went over, and started, he forgot about the game, went over, and started apologizing to Morgan Freeman. I don't know what Morgan said, but that was a pretty funny incident that happened uh, at the Pavilion. Yeah, more, Freeman kind of held on to his jersey, so he does. It was kind of was a, just any fan like holding on to him, like trying not to let him go. So he swatted the hand. But yeah, when you turn around and say it's Morgan Freeman, that'll that'll change your mind. Yeah, get back in the play. No, no, it's it's Morgan Freeman. I got to talk to him. But uh, Ole Miss losing by fourteen at home to Auburn, Tennessee. That, that second half performance by Auburn was something fifty five points, I believe it was in the second half of that game. Um, fifty five. 30, 56-33, I think it was, that they outscored Ole Miss in the second half of that game. They were just, at, at Auburn team, they can guard you. Um, and Ole Miss kind of had their way in the first half. Certainly, I'm sure Bruce Pearl had some choice words at halftime uh, for his team. And they came out in the second half, and it was a completely different basketball team. I, I still think Tennessee's the best team in the SEC. But, man, the way Auburn's playing and the way Alabama's playing right now, those two teams are certainly capable Kentucky, just when I thought that they had figured it out and they didn't have D.J. Wagner, but they lose for a second time. Is that a second time in a row now at Rupp? Mm-hmm. 103-92. Again, Tennessee with uh, Dalton Connecting Company. They can put some points on the board. And now you talk about the criticism here for Penny. The criticism at Rupp, it's again come up as it has in the past for John Calipari. And once again, here we go. You know, can Cal with this young team, I think a very talented team. I like this team an awful lot. 
can they make a deep tournament run? Because there are some people that think that, you know, possibly, again, you're not going to fire Calipari, right? But would he step down? Would he retire? Kentucky will fire coaches. But would you fire Cal? (laughs) Kentucky will fire coaches. That fan base will make sure you fire coaches. They just can't guard. They're not, I mean, defensively, they're, they're offensively, they're good. But defensively, I mean, for them to give up 100 points at Rupp, um, like that, that's, you know, to, to, to have a, to lose two games in a week at Rupp, that doesn't go over well with that, uh, with that fan base, that's for sure. Um, and Rick Barnes has had the better of, of John Calipari. And for Tennessee, I mean, the fact that that was the same team that, played the South Carolina game is almost amazing. Like if you watch the two games, like that doesn't look like the same team. But Zakai Ziegler and Josiah Jordan-James, who combined for a robust four points against South Carolina, combined for 52 points against Kentucky. That's, I mean, that, you know, Connect only had, what, 16 in this game? You know, but the yeah, other but guys, that's, I mean, Ziegler, to me, is the biggest difference maker. Zieg, show me Ziegler's line. I can tell you how good Tennessee was in the game. Like, he he is such a difference maker for the team. But Jordan James is the same type thing. If, when those two guys are producing, like, it's, they're really hard to beat. Well, that was part of the strategy of Cal and the defense was to try to take Dalton Connect out of the game. You know that this guy's capable of going for 40 on any given night. So if you can try to slow him down, then let's see if anybody else steps up and beats us. And as you just mentioned, Josiah James, you had Ziegler playing the well the way he does. Vescovy's always uh there's always that possibility he goes off. So there's so many options, but connects the guy who's had him going most of the time offensively this year. And I like the strategy of trying to slow that guy down. Uh it it, it worked to a certain degree, still at sixteen, which is not a bad day, but Tennessee gets and, the win. And on the other side, Rob Dillingham continuing to show why he is going to be a Lottery pick, probably a top 10 pick. That dude is, um, he can play. He can play. Now, the other team I didn't mention, I mentioned the score. They went and beat Georgia at Georgia 72-62. But Lamont Paris has that Gamecocks team playing as well as anybody. So I did say Alabama, but I think it's both Alabama, South Carolina, Auburn playing as well as anybody. Tennessee, obviously, with that win at Kentucky, but they had lost that South Carolina game. Uh, they're they're the top right now of the uh, SEC playing really, really good basketball. South Carolina has been the surprise. The biggest disappointment in the league, the biggest disappointment in college basketball, in my opinion, is Arkansas, hands down. They go to LSU, lose 95 to 74. Vandy gets a win. How about it? How about a golf clap for Jerry Stackhouse's team? They beat Mizzou 68 61. And Texas AM needed that one. They got the win over Florida at home, barely, but they got a dub 67 66. Missouri's one of the great mysteries of this season as well. I did, I don't see how they are as bad as they are. I mean, still winless in the SEC. Um, I mean, get losing to Vanderbilt. I don't. I that that's that that one's a bit of a mystery. Them and Arkansas both are huge mysteries as to why they are as bad as they are. Yeah, they've been a big disappointment. But I'd still go hands down Arkansas, the biggest disappointment, the the shocker really in college basketball this season. All right, uh, the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies played Friday, played Sunday. They played with this G League team that they have. I mean, the injuries. Yesterday they had, I believe, eight healthy bodies. Eight healthy bodies. And it's not the guys (laughs) you want them to be healthy. It's not the stars. They have been out, and Jaron Jackson Jr. didn't play in this particular game. 
and they get beat by the Celtics, as you would think, uh, pretty bad, by 40. It was close for a while, like the first quarter, and then the Grizzlies end up losing 131-91. to That's after Friday, the Grizzlies fell by 20 to the Golden State Warriors, 121-101. to In that Friday game, Jonathan Kaminga had 29 points for the Warriors. He's been on a heater. Trip at 27, a losing effort for the Grizzlies. And then on Sunday, Scotty Pippen Jr. off the bench, leading the team with 19.6 rebounds and four assists. But Tatum and Porzingis combined for 60. It's so bad, you got to laugh. I mean, the effort is good. Those kids are going out there and playing hard. These guys are on 10 days, or they're two-way guys that play mostly for the hustle. But you laugh because it's so it's so bad. How can one team be hit with the injury bug as bad as the Grizzlies have been. And for a while there, they were they won a couple of games, and they've played tough in a few others. But all of a sudden, now I'm looking at 18-32 and 32 with 32 games to go and going, well, can they get the 30 wins? Can they win 12 out of their final 32? I'm not so sure when you're throwing out this type of lineup. No, I mean, that, I mean, yesterday, that's like going... <laughs> That is a uh, that's a rough that's a rough go against a against Boston. Um, it's gonna be that's a that's a tough ask for that lineup uh, to to go into Boston and try and compete at all. Um, you know, there there a lot of you know, for the most part the games are fun in their they they tend to keep a lot of games close. They play really hard, which is good to see. Um, but yeah, it's just I mean, again, we're talking. Trey Jemison. I don't think anybody had Trey Jemison as a starting center uh, this year on the Grizzlies season bingo card. Um, you know, they got, they're going to be running out of games on Jacob Gilliard here soon. I don't know how many more he's got left. They're going to run out of games with him. I don't know what they're, what, what the next move is after that. When he runs out of games, I don't, it's, um, I don't know. This is just a, what a bizarre season that here we are to start of February and, G.G. Jackson, Trey Jemison, and Jacob Gilliard are in your starting lineup in a game at Boston. I don't even know if these injuries, these latest injuries, are even <laughs> real injuries. <laughs> Vince Williams had been playing at least. Sore left wrist. Santi Aldama, tailbone contusion. John Conchar, right half, con- right calf <laughs> contusion. Wait, Derek, Derek Rose just came back. One game, left hamstring soreness. And then, of course, the stars that are all out. The Jacksons, the Morants, the Baines, the Smarts. It, it's it's again, it's laughable. Not in the we're making fun. We're, it's just how can one team be handed this kind of issue with health at the level they yeah. have been? Yeah, I like. I don't think any of those injuries yesterday. I mean, it, it was. I think it's the third game in four That's nights. It, it was at Boston. Exactly. We're going to get killed regardless, probably. So what what are we doing? Um, the tailbone contusion. Isn't that what Allen Iverson complained about after the first game? We I think so. <laughs> In other words, his butt hurts. His butt hurts. <laughs> From sitting on the bench. That's what it was. Although Santi's butt, he wasn't sitting on the bench. No. He Santi was, was just missing a bunch of shots on, on Saturday or Friday night, whatever night it was, when they played Golden State. He just couldn't make a shot. So I don't know how he, maybe, uh, maybe he bruised his butt by missing shots. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't see how it, with this kind of lineup and this type of roster that you're going to have a problem with uh, tailbone contusion from sitting on the bench. You're going to get your opportunity. Again, you know, Scotty Pippen, the best player 
for the Grizzlies. You have Matthew Hurt playing again, 0 for 6 from 3. That's their Hell, team. we need to sign Scotty Pippen Sr. to a 10-day contract. He would probably be able to contribute on this team right now. Grizzlies will go to New York. They'll play in a priority in New York. They'll play the Knicks tomorrow night. They're back home on Thursday against the Chicago Bulls. Speaking of the Bulls, Zach Levine is going to have surgery. He's going to miss four to six months. What were they waiting for? I don't know. Levine has been hurt the whole season, basically. It, it still drives me crazy when those things happen. So now, four to six months, which again, time-wise, you should be okay for the start of next year, I think. Um, but you probably could have got this done earlier. I don't know why they were waiting. Then the news that we already knew something was up with Joel B. We didn't know exactly what was going to happen, what their, um, what their way of treating it was going to be. But it does appear it's going to be meniscus surgery. And more than likely, takes him out for the rest of the season. But not necessarily. Yeah, they, they don't really know for what they say until they kind of get in there and do the procedure. Um, but certainly missing a substantial period of time. But they're not ruling out a return this season. Um, Steph Curry went for 60 after playing Friday night in Memphis. He went for 60 in the loss to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, so that was a big highlight from the weekend. Scoring 60 is not a good thing. You have, if you're going to score 60, you better get to 70. Because if you score 60, you generally lose. you got to score 70 to win. The Doc Rivers situation in Milwaukee is... He's 1-3 as their coach since they got rid of Adrian Griffin. The Bucks are right now in second in the East, record-wise. But because of a rule that they have for the All-Star game, Joe Mazzulla, the coach of the Celtics... They are the number one team in the East, cannot repeat as coach of the Eastern Conference. That means the team right behind, their coach is the all-star game coach for the Eastern Conference. That's Doc Rivers. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever heard. Yeah, it's a bit strange, um, to say the least. I mean, again, the, the, the strange part is that a team that's second in their conference has made a coaching change in the first half of the year. Um <laughs> and the rule's stupid. Uh, Doc is. I don't mind that rule of not being able to repeat as coaches. But he deserves it though. So it's not the same coach like every year if one team's dominant. But I, but yeah, I don't know. Like it's. Um, Did you hear what he there, said though? There, it, there should be a rule, something about like maybe like you have to have had coached a certain amount of games or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, just, like winning it's just the MVP little, award. It's, or just, it's just a little weird to, for a guy who's uh, again. Normally, you're not going to have a team that that is that good make a coaching change in the first half of the season. So this is a very rare circumstance. He's won one game as the, the Bucks, the head coach. I know they have a few more games to go before the All Star game. I think it's ridiculous. He did say though, did he not say that I'm going to give? I didn't even know these guys got paid. He gets a bonus for being the all-star coach. He's going to give the bonus to Adrian Griffin, and he's going to give what else? His all-star game ring. His all-star game. I can't think of rings and bonuses for, oh, my gosh. But anyway, Doc Rivers. I'm sure that'll make Adrian Griffin feel much better. I know. It'll be be, feel great now. Oh, okay, it was worth getting fired. No, no, what makes him feel great is they're one and three. With that guy coaching. And again, no no disrespect to Doc Rivers. Uh, He's been a very good coach for a long, long time. But a ridiculous move where, again, the Greek freak said, oh, I I didn't even talk to management about it. Shut up. Stop it. Stop lying. NBA trade uh, deadline, the NBA trade deadline is Thursday at 2 o'clock. Thursday at 2 o'clock. So we'll see if anything heats up around the league and around here in Memphis. And then one final note. uh, I mentioned the Grizzly-Celtics game from yesterday. 
A really cool Marcus Smart tribute video. They honored Marcus Smart, who's now with the Grizzlies, obviously, but injured. Um, he was awarded, they have something called Hero Among Us for everything he's done in the community. He's already done some things here in Memphis. He hasn't even been here that long. He's gone over to Le Bonner and other things that he's done with his uh, charities. But the um, injured Grizz was there in Boston, honored by the fans that used to root for him on a nightly basis and now only watch him from afar. They don't even watch him. They don't even watch him. Because we don't even get to watch him. They watch him in... Uh, they see him in we, we see him... Layman's clothes. ...on the end of the bench um, in street clothes. But he... Uh, now, he is the beloved Celtic and uh, very nice. Um, the, the reception that he got there and certainly is is no surprise. Texter uh, text in says, it's, it's tank time. Keep playing the reserves, G League guys, and hope to get a top five, maybe top four lottery pick. This season is over. Yeah, and here's the thing. It's not like they're obviously doing things to tank games. That's what their lineup is. That's their team. That's I still what I I now we'll see now they who gets maybe shipped out of town this week or whatever. But I still like I really I don't know how much more we'll see Marcus Smart this year, if at all. I question how much we'll see Desmond Bain the rest of the year. Uh like I these I, there's no reason to put any of these guys on the floor. Like it is tank time. Like there's there's no there is no reason to really play anybody at this point. And we talked about Brandon Clark a couple of times, and I think we were in agreement that if he can go, not because of where the team is in the standings, but just to get a few games under his belt before the summer vacation and the start of next season, I think is is important. So that's one guy I would think if he can go, not if he's 60% or 70%, if the guy is close to being able to go 100% after some practices and more conditioning, you let him play a few games, right? Yeah, I would I would definitely, if uh, with Brandon Clark, I would want to get him you know, at least three, four games, something like that, just for the mental part of it, to let him get out there, Run, jump, do all the things, and yeah. and mentally just get over the hump. That list. my Achilles is fine. I can do these things going into the summer. Then healthy. I, I think for him it's important. You know, get Jaron. I don't know. Like I, I mean, certainly he's going to keep playing. But like, how much do you play Jaron? Like, how many nights do you give him off? Um, I don't know. Like, it's what? What's the purpose of having him out there every single night? There really isn't one. By the way, the other thing with Embiid's injury. His status for the U.S. Olympic team is in doubt, depending on how long it keeps him out. And I know Jaron was being played at the five in the FIBA World World Games. I still think he's a better four than he is a five. I don't know. Maybe that's the direction the Grizzlies will go in eventually is to put him at five. But I think he's a better four than a five. But he's a big. And I think that gives him at least a, a little bit better shot, I think, of making that team if MB can't go. Well, yeah, obviously, I mean. Need because Embiid is a definite if he's healthy. But if Embiid misses the rest of the regular season, I would say he's not playing in the Olympics. Yeah, that's when you're, as a team, ownership of a team, you go, God bless. No way, man. The guy's coming off surgery. I know it's great that you're representing your country, but we can't have that happen. Town Village Audubon Bark is senior living in today's world, located at 950 Cherry Road, just off Park Avenue. You can call them at 901 
537-0002. Set up a tour of their facilities. Go online to townvillageautomanpark.com to find out more about them. All they ask is that you're 55 years of age or older. They offer more options to fit your needs more than ever before. They are dedicated, and I mean dedicated, to the long-term satisfaction and the quality of life for their residents. Independent living, short-term respite stay, monthly options, great event schedule, activities galore, all the modern amenities you want for your loved one, whether it's your parent or grandparent, or you're looking at your future. Monthly rental with no buy-in. Apartments include full kitchen, washer and dryer, all-inclusive resort-style dining with multiple venues, outpatient therapy, a great community social area featuring fitness center, home theater, game rooms, indoor pool, whirlpool, bistro, on and on and on. Plus, secured, safe, gated parking. They even have a dog park if you got a little animal there at Town Village Audubon Park. So check them out today, 901-537-0002 or online at townvillageaudubonpark.com. We're going to talk some NFL, some Pro Bowl, and start to get into that Super Bowl conversation when we return. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Genuine diamonds, baby. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 8.35 the time. Coming up at 9.30, Arkansas State football coach Butch Jones will join us to talk about his relationship with Kansas City Chiefs, future Hall of Fame tight end Travis Kelsey. He coached him three years at Cincinnati. Kelsey was there for a year, and then Butch took over at Cincinnati for three years. Kelsey was there for four, and we'll get his thoughts on that relationship. Of course, Kansas City, San Francisco on Sunday in the Super Bowl. San Francisco now a one-and-a-half-point favorite. So they started out as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It quickly dropped to one, and now it's one-and-a-half. We had Ross Tucker on recently. He's one of the guys that's an analyst out there, knows football like the back of his hand, and is still shocked that San Francisco remains the favorite for this game. Yeah, it looks like. I mean, it went back to two for a while. Um, So it it seems as though that's probably where it's going to hold steady is between that one and two range in favor of San Francisco. Unless somebody dumps some big-time money on the Super Bowl, and of course there's going to be a lot of money on the Super Bowl. Record-setting gambling, I'm sure. So I'm, I take it on Friday. You talked a little bit about our buddy Dan Quinn, friend of the show. I remember wrapping up the show on Thursday. I was off on Friday, and I had just come to the conclusion that Dan Quinn didn't get that Seattle job. I figured he'd be back in Dallas as their defensive coordinator. It seemed to come out of nowhere. I didn't hear his name associated with Washington. So Dan Quinn gets that commander's job. And then over the weekend, hires Joe Witt Jr. as his defensive coordinator. And then hires Cliff Kingsbury as his offensive coordinator. We know Kingsbury, the relationship he has from his days at USC with Caleb Williams, who is the projected number one pick, but we don't know for sure if Chicago is going to trade Justin Fields, stick with Fields. You know, Could Washington move up in that spot? Washington, the relationship with 
Kingsbury and Caleb Williams and the fact that Caleb Williams played high school ball in the D.C. area. They're trying to uh, connect the dots now on ESPN, but I'm not sure if if that's the route that, that Chicago will go. More than likely, they'll look to trade fields and take Caleb Williams. But Cliff Kingsbury for Dan Quinn, I like the hire. Yeah, Cliff uh, did the old okie doke on him. Uh, it was supposed to be headed, was supposed to be headed to the Raiders, mm-hmm. and then for whatever reason that broke down. So he ends up in Washington. Um, we'll see um, what he's able to to do there. Obviously, um, you know, I, I would assume they're they're still looking or are going to look for a quarterback. Um, I don't think that they are set with old Sam Howell. Um, to be the guy. So whether that is move, try and you know, flip-flop with Chicago if that's what's needed to get Caleb Williams um, or take whoever's left if, if if Chicago takes Caleb Williams. I don't know, but um, but we'll see. We'll see what Cliff's able to do. Certainly it's, it's mixed reviews on Cliff Kingsbury. What would you do if you were Chicago right now? Uh, I would, well, if, if, Washington really wants Caleb Williams, I would trade them the you know, I would if anybody wants to get the number one pick, I would trade it. Mm-hmm. Um I would take a quarterback still, um, <laughs> just so I could reset the contract of on a, a rookie contract over Justin Fields. But um but yeah, if somebody wants that number one pick, I would be willing to uh, tr- trade it for him for for quite a haul. And and with Dallas now, the Quinn's gone. I saw Mike Zimmer's name. Mike Zimmer, what is he, 117 now? I mean, he's been around forever. Is that the, the way that McCarthy's going to go? Zimmer? I don't know. Zimmer is, is interviewed for that, uh, was once the defensive coordinator with Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Witt was a name that came up that is a possible replacement, but it was always thought there was a big, good chance he would go with um, Dan Quinn. You know, talked about it on Friday, you know, a lot of the players are stumping for Al Harris, but I just don't know that. Um, as I said Friday, Jerry Jones has come out like they're they're talking about how they're all in for next season. I don't know that going all in for next season would possibly mean a defensive coordinator who's never been a coordinator before. Yeah. So it's not surprising that they're going out and interviewing guys with a lot of experience for that position. The old Pro Bowl game was played yesterday down in Orlando, Florida. The old. Uh Flag football, plus all the other skills competition that went along with that. If you were scoring at home, the NFC beat the AFC 64-59 to as Jalen Johnson deflected C.J. Stroud's pass that, uh, if completed, would have won it for the AFC. Peyton Manning now 0-2 as coach of the AFC. And I didn't watch one second of it. I watched every bit of it. Thursday night and yesterday. Did you really? I taped it yesterday because I was doing the hustle game, but I taped it yesterday and watched it. Do you like it? I, I, as I, so I will continue to say, it's way more entertaining than the Pro Bowl's ever been. The Pro Bowl's used to be good. Then when they stopped tackling, just like when the NBA stopped playing defense with the exception of the final five minutes of the All-Star game, Hockey stopped playing defense and you know scoring at will. I guess chicks, they, they, chicks dig I, the long ball. I, I don't know. I think the skill challenges are fun. Um, you, you literally yeah. like the tug of war. Yeah, I think I think it's man. Oh man, really? I, um, you know, I thought the I don't know what they called the one where they had the kind of the relay race 
was was fun yesterday, Thursday night. The quarterback stuff I think is good. The the catching of the punts I think the dodgeball's fun. I said the center snapping thing didn't go very well. I would imagine they might try and get rid of that and figure out something else to do with with those guys. Um, but that's the NFC just dominates the skill challenges for whatever reason. Like the AFC can't win a skills challenge, so that's why they lose the game because. They gave up like they were they, thirty to nine. It was like they, you can't. You're trying to overcome constantly, <laughs> right? They'd build a lead, then they go to some skills challenges, and the NFC would come back, and then they go back to the game. The AFC would build a lead, NFC would come back in the skills challenges and do that. But no, I, I you know, I just I think it's I like doing seeing these guys do something a little bit different. Ray Lewis was a was. Ray Lewis was like ready to get ejected from the game yesterday because he's he was Shocking. so mad at the officials on a call they made against his defense. Like he was just going crazy. Settle he's like, down, that's Ray. not the rule. And he's just like screaming it. Like that was weird. Like it seemed like the officials. It wasn't real clear on the rules of the flag football, especially on the pass rush portion of it, but. Like it was Ray Lewis was like he's running out on the field going after the officials like that's not what happened that's not the rule that's not a, like he was just going crazy he was beside himself on the side I'm like dude it's, it is just a flag football game Ray you don't have to get that excited about it wouldn't it have been something Ray went out there and knocked the hell out of the official just nailed him dropped him for a flag football game thirty seven first time Pro Bowlers in the game thirty seven of them the offensive MVP Baker Mayfield. Defensive MVP was Demario Davis. As you talked about, the NFC outscored the AFC in the skills competition. That number was 30 to 9. So, again, for those who cared, I, I didn't watch it. I'll tell you exactly what I watched yesterday. Of course, you had the, the AT&T, the Pebble Beach PGA Tour event, which was washed out. And for the first time, I forget what, I think the first time since 2016. It ends up being a three-round event because they knew the weather was forecasted bad weather for today out at uh, Pebble Beach. So they only ended up playing 54 holes, and Wyndham Clark is declared the winner. So there was no golf going on. And I don't care about the Pro Bowl game. Weren't your live guys golfing? That's what I did. The Grizzlies didn't come on until 5. So I'm watching. I'm telling you, I am watching the live golf tournament from Mayakoba. Sprinkled in with a little Pro Bowlers Tour U.S. Open. That was my Sunday. Nobody lives the high life like this guy right here. Nobody. Well, you're a big live guy. Who won the live? Did did Ron win? Who won? No, it was a playoff between Joaquin Neiman and... Oh, Neiman shot 59 in that tournament. Yes, he he did. And and then he got a two-stroke penalty on Saturday in the second round. But he ends up tied with Sergio Garcia. Rom ends up with a late bogey, so he doesn't make in his first event at the, uh, with the Live. He ends up third. They go to a playoff. They go four holes. They play the first three. They keep going back to 18, 18, 18. It's dark now. And so they decide, they ask the players, do you want to play this la- this next hole? If not, we could do it again today. We could finish it up today. They, they use glow in the dark balls. No, they didn't. Oh, that would have been much more fun. They didn't, but... I'm surprised they weren't using them to begin with. No, they barely... They barely. They should do a night tournament on the Live Tour. Why are you making fun of the Live? I'm telling you, man, it was good. It was really, really good. They got the music going. The dudes are out there in shorts. You got big names now with Rom and Cameron Smith and Brooks Kepka. It was... I enjoyed it. I watched the darn thing. Look, it, it, it's still not the PGA. I love the PGA. Don't get me wrong. But there was nothing wrong with this thing. I watched it. I thought the announcers were good. I thought the graphics were good. 
Uh, it was a lot of fun. They go to Vegas this week, so they're in Vegas while the Super Bowl is taking place. They'll play, I don't know if it's Thursday, Friday. Yeah, I think it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Of course, they go three rounds, no cut. I was enjoying that. And then enjoying Kyle Troop win the U.S. Open uh, Bowlers Tour event. Good good Again? for Super Trooper. Huh? Huh? You can only wish you could live that type of life that I did I'll, I'll on take, Sunday. I'll take the Pro Bowl games. No, no, no. Liv was good. I don't know why you're so anti-Liv. Everybody else is into it now. now I don't have a problem with Liv. Now you got saying, Rory. I'm saying they're trying to change the game. They should play a night tournament with glow-in-the-dark balls. Maybe, they're 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 revolutionary in the game of golf. Maybe, maybe one day they'll do so. They're growing the game. The game needs to be grown into the night. Now you got Rory coming out and basically saying that uh, yeah, these guys are okay. I mean, they shouldn't be penalized. and think. I mean, he he's just done a complete 180 from what they originally... The problem has been, though... All that cockamamie crap that we heard about this these tours coming together, Live, DP, World Tour, and the PGA, I don't know what's going on with that because it seems like there's more of a chasm than ever. Remember, this event in at Pebble Beach was a no-cut event. What do they call it? The uh, not escalated? Event. What is it? Signature event. Signature event. So a little bit different ballgame there. Right? Good for Live. Right. Good. Hope, hope things continue to go well for them. Fleet Feet is the place to go to get all your running gear. We'll make sure you get shoes that are just right for you. We'll go see the folks at Fleet Feet at either one of their two locations in East Memphis. That's in the Laurelwood Shopping Center out in Collierville, Poplar Newston Levy. Next to Huey's, you go in there. They take a look at the way you run, the way you walk, and they get you fitted with shoes that are just right for you. Plus, any other gear that you need, well, they've got that for you. They can even uh, can help you if you're just getting started running or going to start training for some races maybe this year that you've never done before. They can help you with that as well. Just talk to the folks at Fleet Feet because they're all runners, and they can help you with that. You can get involved with their group runs and other things that they have going on. Of course, they sponsor a lot of races around town as well, 5Ks and all of those types of things with the folks at Fleet Feet. Again, two locations for you to see them online, fleetfeetmemphis.com, on social media as well, where they keep you up to date with things they have going on at Fleet Feet. All right, when we come back, got some college football news to get to. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Diamonds are forever! Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. The, uh, the super trooper that won the bowling thing? Yeah. Does he do the two-handed style? He does. We had a discussion. Me and John Varlis had, we, we talked some bowling on Friday because of the Hardin County girls team, who was the greatest dynasty in the history of high school sports. Yeah, that's a, and that's a trend. About the two-handed style taking over the game. Yeah, there was a couple of guys. They do the stepladder um Finish for the U.S. Open. So the the one who has the uh, has knocked down the most pins during the week is the number one seed. All he has to do is win the one match, and he wins the U.S. Open. But a lot of times, the number one seed loses because what the historical other, venue did they play the U.S. Open at this year? Somewhere in Indiana. It's always somewhere in Indiana or St. Louis or whatever. But um, yeah, Kyle Troop with his big fro, he has a gigantic fro. His father was also a bowler by the name of Guppy Troop. How about that? So, yeah, he does throw the two-handed one, and he did win. Um, Carl Weathers died over the weekend. Actually, died Friday afternoon 
after you had wrapped up the show. Again, I yeah. was off. Well, that's sad news, man. Apollo freaking Creed. And then he was with Chubb. Is that who he was in um, mm-hmm. in Billy Madison? Not Billy Madison, excuse me, in uh, Happy Gilmore? Yeah, it's unfortunate. Of course, to me, I mean, he died in Rocky Four, the greatest Rocky movie of all time. Yeah. Apollo but, died in Rocky Four. Right, right, right. But Carl Weathers, the actor, uh, former football player, uh, nice uh, tribute yesterday from Sylvester Stallone said that we wouldn't have had Rocky if it wasn't for Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers becoming his adversary, becoming his nemesis. Uh, he, made, he made the movies what they were. What the Rocky series became was to have that guy who was villainous to one extent, but actually loved. Like, people found themselves, okay, we're going to root for Rockies, the underdog, but, okay, it's not the end of the world if Apollo Creed wins. It's not like Conor McGregor. You know, you either like him or you hate the guy's guts. Carl Weathers is like, nah, we don't want him to beat Rocky. I don't think we do, but... We wanted him to beat the Russian, though. We did want him to beat the Russian, and unfortunately... unfortunately, the the damn Russian killed him. Damn Dolph Lundgren. Um, but yeah, so Carl Weathers passing away over the weekend, um, certainly sad news. I, I read this um, earlier today. This was a release from uh, Casino Sweeps, and they determined the most influential NBA teams on social media using the teams and the players, the individual players of those teams, Instagram followers. And the conclusion was, and it's not even close, the Los Angeles Lakers are number one on that list with 192, nearly 193 million followers, combined team and player. Golden State second, the Clippers third, the Bulls fourth, Dallas five, all big markets, as you would imagine. The Grizzlies are number 13 out of 30, which is uh, pretty good. Upper half, right, of the 30 teams in the NBA. But then when you break it down, the Grizzlies total 16.948. So we'll round it off. We'll round it off to 17 million. Only 1.993 million follow the actual team itself, which I believe is one of the lowest. I think it's the second or third lowest. But John Morant, 10 million Instagram followers. So with John Morant, there they are at number 13. You talk about the importance of John Morant. Everybody knows his importance on the court. Off the court, though, from a social media standpoint, no surprise there whatsoever. If you didn't have John Morant, you know, how many people would be interested in what the Grizzlies are? Of course, this year, you lost a lot of a lot of interest in the team. And, and if John didn't have Instagram, how many games would John have played? You can look at it both ways. <laughs> That's for certain. It's a, it goes both ways on that, uh, that old thing. From the college football world, a couple of notes. Uh, Steve Belichick, that's Bill Belichick's son. He's become the new defensive coordinator at the University of Washington. So he moves from the NFL as an assistant in New England to the D.C. at Washington. Also, Spencer Radler named the most valuable player of the Senior Bowl on Saturday. Interesting, down in Mobile, uh, Michael Penix Jr. ended up not playing. There ended up being a lot of guys who didn't play. They were there for the week practicing and doing interviews and I'm not sure if they if the officials knew that they weren't going to play or this was kind of a last second thing and they were blindsided but Penix didn't play Spencer Rattler did wins the MVP also I also read about how well he did all week long what if that's a guy in Spencer Rattler who you know is not going to go until I don't know what the third round fourth round that may be a fine 
with all how much he was heralded going to Oklahoma, Heisman candidate, disappointment, ends up going to South Carolina. Maybe Spencer Rattler one day will be an NFL starting quarterback and people kind of passed up on him now because of some of the struggles. The MVP, they announced, is that like just for the game or is that for the week? It might be for the week. I think because he like, didn't play a ton. Yeah, so he yeah. barely played, I thought, in the game. Yeah, I think it's a combination, but he did play. And these other guys, like I said, bailed out. I still like uh, Michael Penix Jr. a lot, but yeah, it was a little disappointment for him not to play. And then they had the Shrine Bowl. I'm not sure if you talked about it on Friday, on Thursday night. And another good game for Blake Watson, the former Memphis Tiger running back, had nearly 100 yards of total offense. He had a really good game in the Hula Bowl. Blake Watson, I believe, and we had uh, uh, Joe DeLeon on talking about this, that he has played his way into being drafted, I believe. he's made, When you play in two of these all-star games and actually have really good performances in both of them, I think your stock certainly rises. I don't believe he's invited to the Combine. And I'm not sure if he'll get a late invite. Probably not. But I think he's making a name for himself as far as that's concerned. I think it'll be a late-round draft draft pick. I would guess that he would be, uh, especially if he has a good pro day. Uh, but his ability to catch the ball will, I think, be uh, very much liked by teams in the NFL. Of course, this Sunday, it is the big game. And if you want to enjoy some great wings during the big game, maybe you're having a party at your house and you want some wings for that, well, you need to order from East Coast Wings and Grill, especially if you've got some big order for a big party. There's only so many of those that they can do. You want to get those orders in early at East Coast Wings and Grill. 381-9990 is the phone number to call. You can go to eastcoastwings.com as well. Of course, if you want to watch the big game somewhere, you certainly East Coast makes a great place to do that as they'll have it all over all their great TVs in there. And you can enjoy great food and great drink while watching the big game at any games that are on whether it's the big game or just a Grizzlies game, Tigers games, all kinds of college basketball this time of year, East Coast Wings has them on for you. 60 different flavors of wings to choose from while you're watching the action. 24 draft beers on tap as well. Mondays, 75-cent boneless wings all day long. 3.30 to 6.30, Monday through Friday, is happy hour with two-for-one draft beers, bucket specials, and more. They've got the rewards program where you can earn rewards for every dollar that you spend as well. East Coast Wings and Grill, Located just off Highway 64, right between Lowe's and Walmart on Kate Hyde Boulevard, East Coast Wings and Grill. All right, coming up in hour number three, we'll get back to some Tigers hoop talk. For those who missed uh, getting a chance to talk with us via calls or texts, you can certainly jump on the Sports 56 listener lines now. Also wanted to talk about the news of the SEC Big Ten Advisory Committee. What this could mean for the future of those two powerful conferences Dan Patrick show asking the question, which we've asked before, are the Dallas Cowboys no longer America's team? Is the Kansas City Chiefs now America's team? You can answer that as well if you'd like. 360-8255. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 